This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, ready to do this? Yes, I am. All right, two, three, four. Ba, 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 basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! Ba, 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 basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it! It's time for the Scores NBA Draft Show with hosts Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Harris. Will the Bulls make any moves without a pick in this draft? Uh, pro- probably not, but still. We're here from 6 to 10 with live check-ins from Mark Grody and Alyssa Bergamini live from the Bulls Advocate Center. And now it's time for your hosts, Gabe Angry Birds Ramirez and Anthony Heron Big Ants here on The Score. You get Big, you get big Ant and I get Angry Birds? Angry Birds. I don't have any red in my now, hair what is anymore. The, what is the association there? I don't know. When I had the red, the red streak oh, in my head. Oh, right, Sh- right. Shady right, Sean thinks yeah. he's funny. You uh-huh, know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, too I don't bad, know who, who that was bad, on the mic. That was too great. Bad, too bad the only thing that was funny on that day was that voice that was on there. Got to work on that one. <laughs> but I like it, though. I like the intro. That is what we're doing right here. The NBA draft begins 7 p.m. Central Time, and we are going to be covering it uh, through and through, regardless of whether or not the Bulls have a pick or not. We're still talking about the NBA. It's the biggest thing that's happening right now. Um, but it would be interesting. We would It would be lovely if the mm-hmm. Bulls find themselves in a, a position where they sneak into the first round. And, when, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we see all these teams that have multiple picks in the drafts, specifically in the first round. Do you think some of these teams are going to be desperate to offload some of their talent? I mean, you, as a former executive mm-hmm. of a football team, you can look at this and be in that same space and, and, and kind of – put your, your head in that same area and think, like, are these teams going to be – because that's what I'm hoping. Because right. if they become desperate, then they're going to f- find fewer and fewer trade partners for some of these assets, and the Bulls could stumble upon something if, if AK can be creative. And the crazy thing is, man, it, it could be as early as the third pick. When you think about what's been going on with, with Portland, with Damian Lillard, and he's getting – you know, he's still one of the best sharpshooters in the game and one of the best scorers, but he's just been in – Portland is a cool city, but he's been in in this kind of NBA purgatory of not having enough greatness surrounding him to get to an NBA Finals, to have that real championship potential. And it seems like he's kind of getting tired of it. And this is the first time since the Blazers have had Dame that now he's kind of holding their feet to the fire to say either make something happen around me 
or unload me, get me up out of here. And in a, we've seen plenty of player empowerment and players forcing movement over the years. And Dame Lillard has been kind of the mainstay of guys who have just been sort of content where they're at. But now that's coming to an end in Portland. So I'd say when you use the term desperate, there's a team right there at number three that I think will probably yeah. be as close to that towards the top end of the draft as plausible. So once this thing starts up, man, I mean, you know, there may be a stretch if nothing happens with Portland and the Bulls. I'm not necessarily predicting that, but, you know, <laughs> we're just going to get crazy here for a minute. Where could something like that begin taking place, asking about teams who might feel a little bit desperate to unload something? It could end up being Portland. And all we have is the opportunity to be crazy with these ideas. Because I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else on the menu for right now. Right, exactly. So we got to be in this space. <laughs> but it would be cool. I mean, obviously rumors circulating that the Blazers are going to use that third pick, uh, hopefully on Scoot Henderson if he's still available. I, I, I had the same thing with Paolo Boncaro. I, and Chet Holmgren when they were coming out, mm. and I remember Paolo Boncaro was plus money to be drafted first in the, in the NBA, and I I was doing a college gambling show for BetQL, so I'd seen these right. guys week in and week out, right. and to me it was like, what are we talking about right here? Hmm. This seems pretty simple. Like hmm. Boncaro is way better, and I made a ton of money on that. Okay, same thing with the NFL draft and Bryce Young. You're like, listen, we've seen these other quarterbacks. We know which one is the best. It's this mm. guy. Let's not be silly. Mm. When it comes to the number two pick in the draft, clearly we know the San Antonio Spurs are going to take Victor Wembanyama. But when it comes to that number two pick where the Charlotte Hornets sit, I know Jordan is no longer you know in that space that he once was, and so there's other people that are making decisions. Scoot Henderson looks like a linebacker and can <laughs> jump like like Baron Davis. I mean, it just reminds me of these kinds of like powerful mm. type of guards, and and he can be someone that can be a franchise altering talent. And Brandon Miller, granted. Awesome guy, great offensive powers. I mean, just like a, a really good score, going to be that dude in the NBA. But I don't know. It, to me, it just seems like a no-brainer that Scoot Henderson should be going number two. So it'll be interesting to see what Portland wants to do with that three slot because there will be a lot of teams that are interested in a guy like Brandon Miller. But Portland might want to build their team, if they're moving on from Dame Lillard, around a guy like Brandon as well. Man, that's the best thing about the NBA draft, right? Right, right, and is that – we think it's going to be vanilla and cookie cutter, mm-hmm. but we all know something big is going to happen that no one is talking about. And I'll say this with, with that number two pick because you know Scoot Henderson, he's only six two. Now that that's not the end of the end of the world in its own right, but how how well rounded is his game? How refined is his handle? Are his distribution skills? Is his perimeter game? And you know we've seen guys can certainly develop that. I mean, you know. A healthy Lonzo Ball began to develop that at a rate that sure. no one really thought he could with his awkward jumper that he had coming out of UCLA. And we saw he became a really a more than effective three-point shooter. Obviously, we can, you know, we'll have plenty of time to have some Bulls conversation here and kind of lament the the recent injury history there. But I, I do I would say this: Brandon Miller is at least a guy who's been tested in organized, more organized environments against high-level competition in true leverage situations. Now, to me, the, the bigger issue I have more than the on the court with Brandon Miller is the off the court, is the the maturity. And certainly on the heels of everything we've been seeing happen with John Morant, then how much hesitation might a team have with the, the thought that, you know, you'd end up perhaps having, you know, an at-risk prospect if you take him at number two or, frankly, at number three. I mean, he's, he's going to go somewhere in the top three. But as a prospect, you've seen him tested – against leverage, against competition, an organized setting with crowds yelling at him in a way that we haven't seen Scoot Henderson tested. So I think that is a part of that evaluation. He's a longer prospect. I think his game is more refined than Scoot Henderson at the moment. But with Henderson, you got the small guy that, well, 
short, you know, short-ish in <laughs> yeah. stature. Certainly not small, because like you said, some he's, guys like he's me got a formidable a frame. Yeah. yeah, I mean, no doubt. 6'2", really formidable frame, but he's not a guy. He's got a really long wingspan, and he's super athletic. Does his game max at that level? It'd be early to predict that, but I would say this. I think Brandon Miller, just as a pure on-the-court prospect, his game is further along, in my opinion, than Scoot Henderson's game, but it's all a projection. It's all a ceiling, and Henderson's ceiling certainly feels like just in sheer athleticism, if nothing else, is higher than Brandon Miller's is. Yeah, and we'll know what exactly happens again. The draft begins 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to be covering it. We're going to be got a nice jam-packed show for you guys. Uh, 6.10 in just a few minutes, we're going to head out to the Advocate Center and talk to Mark Grody and Alyssa Bergamini. Mm-hmm. At the bottom half of the hour, we get to talk to Cody Westerlin, our Bulls insider here at 670 The Score. Andy Katz, NBA insider, is going to be joining us in the 7 o'clock right. hour. So we're going to be talking a ton of basketball. And then, if you know, you're listening to us on the Odyssey app, you just hang out with us like after 8 o'clock. Oh, Bears. Hmm. Going to be throwing in some Bears there most certainly. So we get a chance <laughs> uh, to do that. But the hope right now is that the Bulls find themselves in the same predicament that the Bears are in, right, which is a budding star like Zach Levine, someone that can continue to, to groom his game and then put pieces around him that better suit uh, a winning culture when he has the right pieces in place. And hopefully the Bulls can do that uh, by sneaking in. Do, do you think that, that like, like let's say the Bulls ended up with like a second round pick, right? Like Derek mm-hmm. Jones, uh, Derek Jones Jr. opted out. He's not mm-hmm. going to be there. Um, there's, there's rumors that, you know, Caruso could be traded. They have decisions to make with IO and Kobe. So when you look at a second round pick and people say, well, you, at least you got to get in there somewhere. Do you find value and bringing in another body when you guys got when you got guys like Dale and Terry that are waiting in the wings to get some tick? There's definitely going to be value to it. Now, will they value the position that a prospect plays if you end up in the second round, or will they, you know, necessarily value somebody who you feel is is a little more proven prospect and just kind of go with that that kind of pseudo best player available kind of dynamic? This is where you'll see likely more of the experienced guys, guys who hung around for their third season, maybe even came back. For fourth year, if they do trade in round two, there's going to be the potential for somebody, you know, like an Io who comes in as a more refined yeah. prospect who spent, you know, several years in college and now gets into the NBA and is in a potential, it is in a position to maybe max out his game a little bit earlier in his career as opposed to having some teenager who played one year college or one year G League, right. right? And then now here he is in the NBA just being overmatched by everybody. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch for the next couple of hours, and we're going to be doing it here live and local like we always are, giving you the best of the best coverage, especially of these Chicago Bulls that you can hear right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. All right, let's go out to the Advocate Center and talk to our two of our favorite people, actually. Mark Grody, Alyssa Bergamini, they're paired up over there. I've been watching their social media. They are in the thick of it, as people would say. Mark, Alyssa, how you guys doing? What's going on, Gabe? Big Ant, good to talk to you guys. Yeah, I'd say a couple of dozen media members out here getting ready for the 2023 NBA draft. We're stationed right behind where eventually our tourist Connor Shovas and Mark Eversley will speak. And as a matter of fact, both of those guys, Karnashovas and Eversley, made a brief appearance down here, which we will talk about in a second. But first, let's talk about how we got to the point where we find ourselves right now, and that specifically is the Bulls do not have a pick in this year's NBA draft as of right now. 
And here's why. They traded the first-round pick to Orlando in 2021 as part of the Nikola Vucevic trade. We'll talk about Vuce later as well. They gave up their second-rounder as part of uh, the 2019 trade. And then the Bulls forfeited an additional second-round pick due to the tampering in the sign-and-trade acquisition of Lonzo Ball, which at the time I don't think anybody cared about, but here we are, and it's part of what's going on tonight. And it is not inconceivable, guys, that the Bulls could move into the draft by way of a trade, but it is quiet on that front right now, and this should come as no surprise as we do bring in our Chicago Bulls post-game host for 82 games last season, Alyssa Burke. Mini. What's Hello, going on, Bergs? All 82 plus the two play-in games. Hold on, hold go. on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, feel, I got Berg's resume right now. I know Alyssa went to a couple weddings during the season because I covered <laughs> in for her. So you did. I got to keep you, you real know, right hey. there. Okay. All right, so let, let's let's subtract 82, 80, two. 80, 80 games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Gabe. You did sorry, cover for sorry, me while sorry. I was in um, I got Newton, Iowa. <laughs> yes, sorry, you did great. And did you did you cover a winning game that night? I did. I did. It was all right. All my all my gambling picks got messed up, but I but I did that. <laughs> Alyssa, so, so what do you got for yes. us? Because I know you got the inside scoop on everything that's happening over there. I I try to get the tea here. So, you know, covered I'm gonna say the full season with the Bulls, which means I also covered the end of season press conference where Arturis Karnashova spoke, and that was mid-April. So after the Bulls lost those two playing games, the last one against the Miami Heat. In the press conference, he was asked, are the Bulls going to go into rebuild mode coming into this 2023-24 season? And this is what he had to say. Sean Sears. Well, I think uh, record against good teams, I think that tells you that we're better um, than our record. Uh, however, we are where we are. Um, we have 40 and 42 team. You know, we have to find solutions and tweaks. Um, you know, to to do better. Uh, if players said it, then that they confident that they they could have done better. So, and I think we have to look at you know it starts with me how I can help them and how we can do better and goes to you know players and coaches as well. So we're accountable for this record and we're gonna try to you know change that this off season. Can we make that a theme throughout the night, by the way, guys? Every time we call for sound, let's just, you know, let's just name check Sean Sears in, in case he's sleeping at the I wheel. Can, I can do that. Did I set the precedent with that? I'm sorry. I am sorry. I did not want that to be hey, the norm. What's his nickname, Gabe? Shady what's Sears. Shady Sears, man. All right, Shady Sears. Yeah, yeah Shady Sears. He, he got it. He, he understood. Alyssa was, uh, Alyssa was pissed. Bro. She was like, no. Okay, everyone chill out. <laughs> Sean, Sean, I worked with him a lot last season. He is great. So I'm not going to give him a hard time. He got, he got my cue. He certainly should have. It, it took him a moment. So that's the thing. We're assuming that people are just going to be sleeping at some point throughout the night anyway when the Bulls don't do no, anything. Just start a little a bit fun, early. exciting night. I think you'll love this, Gabe, you especially, because I know you love this kind of inside stuff I as do. well. Oh, no, I'm looking oh, over there. Gone. Billy Donovan, the Bulls head coach, had been, and I'm going to say up until about 10 minutes ago, okay. was riding the stationary bike in, in plain sight. 
Like, oh, I love that. All... He was doing the treadmill. He's stressed. Don't give him the bike. Oh, He's it was stressed. the treadmill. You're right. It was the treadmill. <laughs> the treadmill's harder. I'm sorry. The treadmill was harder. At like a six steps. speed. Remember, yeah, remember, bike. we're not trying to set. We're not trying to set that tone. Where we're correcting everybody. <laughs> 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 so, so this yeah. is your fault now. This, this is my my fault. Fault. all my fault. Everybody is on guard right now. This is supposed to be a low key casual night because the Bulls aren't going to do a damn thing, and we're at each other's throats already. Ten minutes into the show, it's entertaining. I'll tell you that. While we're on the topic, yes. Yes. While we're on the topic, I have been admonished at this table already for not knowing what the T is. Berg's here oh, asked me, wow. yo, what's the T, bro? <laughs> and I was like, the T. I was like, I think we got coffee, but there's no tea. Yeah. Oh, man. So I old man Gable, moment. Though. Yeah. And then, and then, and then Porth, Ryan Porth is out here. He knew it. But guess who didn't? Young Cody Westerland is out here. Oh. He had no idea what he was. He's had, he just had so, a kid. He's just out of the loop, man. Right, we're right, not, yeah. you know. I All get right, but, it, get, but getting serious. So Billy Donovan was here. Arturis Karnaschovas, as I mentioned at the beginning of the report, was down here as well as Mark Eversley. They just came down here. They were just kind of casually speaking to reporters. One of those reporters that was kind of casually being spoken to was Alyssa Bergamini. What yeah. did you hear over there? I'm here to get the tea. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, he, he was asked what was it like, his experience watching the championship games, you know, Denver Nuggets winning. And he, he took, took a moment, he paused, and he said – that we want to create that here. So seemed like he was in good spirits. Um, he came over, talked to the reporters, you know, just nice chitter-chatter. N- nothing was really on or off the record, yeah. just some some quality, you know, conversation there. Um, but really, this is a night where I think anything could happen. We could be surprised or we're going to be here making some jokes. Uh, <laughs> let me let me ask you this, though, Alyssa, because we're definitely going to make jokes over right. the next four hours. But <laughs> That experience that you referenced with AK being in Denver and where we had kind of the super team era for like a decade where you had to have multiple Hall of Fame caliber talents on your roster to make the NBA Finals, let alone win it. And so Denver is kind of back kicking it old school a little bit. And I'm wondering from AK's experience, you said that, you know, he watched that closely, obviously. Do you see that as something that we should all take as a cue for how he wants to build things with the Bulls, that he's not too concerned about trying to go out and make a splash move, but maybe just kind of having that continuity that he keeps referencing, maybe that taking that cue from Denver and especially with them winning a championship may just continue to embolden his thought that continuity is the way to go. That is a key word that he spoke about last season. It was continuity. So you bring up a really good point there, Anthony, just you know, listening to him speak and saying that he wants to recreate what Denver had. Uh, that could be a possibility for that happening with the Chicago Bulls. It'll be interesting. Guys, uh, the second you see Mark Eversley or AK leave the room that you're in. Or on the phone. Yeah, like you see me either texting or like put the phone up to their yeah. ear or something. Make sure you call us up so you can give us. I know Mark Grody's a little bit older. The Kool Aid, you know, you all up in the Kool Aid, oh, okay. Mark Grody. You know right. that one. I understand one. the Kool Aid. Yeah, I don't even know the flavor. Yeah. That's what I said. I'm, <laughs> I'm old. I'm not that old, man. I, that's, no, that's why I said Kool Aid so we can, you know, be back on the same page. Oh, all right, thanks, man. Grody, <laughs> Alyssa Bergamini, we appreciate you guys. Uh, straight from the Advocate Center. Can't wait to talk to you guys again with a new update. All right. Talk all to you right. in a bit, guys. Talk See ya. Soon. Of course, back to you. Mark Grody, Alyssa Bergamini. Uh, just fun, man. That's, that's what this. That's what this should be. Mm-hmm. Fun, a good time. Because I see, if, if I was over there. I'd be all up in it. I'd be like, yeah. uh, I'd see like Mark Eversley and I like, or like bump him on the shoulder. So I'm like, oh my bad. Oh my, Mark, what's up? <laughs> so what's up? Uh, uh, nothing. Right, right. Looking at his phone, trying to you know like 
figure out his passcode or something. Like yeah, that. right. <laughs> like, right. Oh, who's playing sense. point guard, Mark? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but it's a good one. Uh, the They're going to be there all day. We get a chance to talk to Cody Westerlin at 640. We get a chance to hear what he has to say. If the Bulls are to make a move, what would that look like in terms of uh, what position uh, does, does he feel like the Bulls should address first? And if it's not through through free agency, or excuse me, if it's not via the draft, uh, then what would that look like uh, via free agency? We've got some more Bulls chat more NBA draft talk on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron for an NBA draft special here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. They do this different mechanism to make, you know, this team better. And I'm going to look at anything, um, you know, it, it's all about who's available. And, you know, we're going to look at everything. So I'm not, you know, committing to anything. This verbal abuse. <laughs> I ain't even talking about you. Shut up. Damn. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron. <laughs> it's 670 to score. NBA draft kicks off 7 p.m. And we are going to be watching closely, trying to see if the Chicago Bulls find their way into either the first or second round. Va faire lever peut-être Marcel Serdon. Le double pump en chassis une fois. Wembanyama! Wembanyama! Did you grab that cut that I sent you, buddy Chance? Okay. I want, because Victor Wembanyama, man, what I love about him is his swag, and I think it's something that we haven't had an opportunity to see much of. Are you allowed to say his name? Like, do we have to say, Wimbayama! Like the rest ba, of the ba, show. Ba, <laughs> I love that. I watched, really I, I, I'm a sick say. NBA fan, and I watched the finals that he was in in France okay. where they lost, they got swept. And Damn. every single game in the Did first quarter. Is everybody going to get after him like LeBron? Is, is that his same path? Bro, I'm not saying it, Ant, but Uh-oh. every single it was they, they got swept 3-0. Every single game, they were up in the first quarter. Okay. Big. All right. All uh, right. The Metropolitan 92s or whatever. <laughs> and then they lost. They would end up losing every game. Yeah. So they would be out and early and playing well. But then, you know, just a more veteran. Because the team that they were playing against had six guys 
that had I, that had played at some point in the NBA. Okay. And Victor Wembanyama's team had zero. They had Victor. Victor and the fellas. <laughs> All right. They have, a, they have one point guard that's actually really good. Okay. But Victor and the fellas and some some guys that played, you know. But how great would it be if that was the name of their team, Victor and the fellas? <laughs> Victor and the fellas defeated by the Metropolitan Six. But. We don't get an opportunity, and to see his 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 obviously he doesn't do he's not doing a ton of interviews over here, and if he uh, does, there he's so young, right? But what he's been doing as of late, um, you know, in talking to these people, and you know, what, who's throwing been doing? out the first Victor Wimba Yama, ba ba Yama, like him throwing out that. Did you see? Did you see his first pitch that he threw out? So Yankee I didn't Stadium? see the pitch itself. I just saw the 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 shot of oh, what a baseball looks like in I his hand. That. Where you can barely see like us holding the baseball. a ping pong ball. Yeah, exactly. You look like an eagle holding something with its talons. <laughs> That's great. With his talons. Well, the pitch was ended up coming up short. Okay. I've thrown out. I've thrown a first pitch before, and they yeah. tell you don't throw it full speed. Uh, okay. They tell you don't don't do it, and then that's exactly what he did. How did yours go? My strike. Oh, you, like of course. Chris Sale, <laughs> Chris Sale got it. I got it on video. I'm just, you know, you guys want me to keep it. Right. Oh, you See, know, I would, you I would go all part, man. This wasn't in like some yeah. little league game. I know, okay. it was for the White Sox game. All Chris right. Sale caught my for first pitch. Yeah, I was listen. See, Gabriel, one of my highlights as a Chicago White Sox fan. I bet. Um, so, so Victor, when he did it, fell fell a little bit short. But then he had an opportunity to throw a ball into the stands. And he did the same thing. He like whipped it into the stands, oh, yeah. and uh, Boone, the, the 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 head coach of the Yankees, looked at him and was just like, hmm. "This dude is crazy." But <laughs> again, we get we're getting to see his swag a little mm-hmm. bit. And in this particular clip that's going to be coming in in just a second, we get a chance to see Wemby kind of you know address his his, his weight because of course that's an issue, right? You look last year, Chet Holmgren before he could even play one. Regular season game of the NBA, he gets trucked by LeBron James, mm. and he's out for the season. Wild! <laughs> this is like wild, right? And so you see Wemby, and your your the assumption is that you know there there are similarities there. What? It's like what? Why is it that he, somebody has to be a? Because it's not like he's at his pinnacle right now, right? Right. Yeah. And but but teams look at him and or any number one prospect for that matter, and it's like, well, we have to take this guy no matter what. Even though you might like somebody else better, or might think that other person might be good in that pre- in the present, you always got to go for that unicorn type player, or as Giannis will call him, an alien type player <laughs> that can do all these things, right? I mean, you know the the athleticism, the length, the the refined game because he's been playing against professionals for years at this point. Like if he was here stateside, he would have been playing against high schoolers for the majority of his development up till now, and then he'd be. One year of college or one year of the G League or whatever. Right. Now he, he'd be preparing for the NBA. He's been playing professional basketball essentially for a few years now. So it, it's been tested at a higher level than it would have been tested if he were here in the States. And so I think on the whole, when you're evaluating that aspect of it, it's harder to pass on that because you, like I was talking about with uh, with Scoot Henderson, Scoot, I mean, it's you know nice to watch him in the G League there, but yeah. I mean, it's very different though with, with him actually – you know, performing in, in at that level versus watching Wimby against pros over in, in Paris. Yeah, you could see that. And he has a, a tough schedule ahead of him. Victor Wembanyama, he's going to be playing for France at the World Basketball uh, Games. Uh, and then he said he wants to play in the Summer League as well. So people have had questions about his body and whether or not it can withstand, you know, that constant and consistent play without a break. And Victor talked about it, about, talked about his frame and talked about that very thing. 
There have also been some who look at you and go, are you ready the day in, day out, the grueling NBA schedule? They could think that because they don't, they don't know my work ethic. I know how I work, how we work with my, with my surroundings, my environment. You know, I, I could never have any doubt. And so when someone says, bulk up. Why? What for? <laughs> <laughs> you should tell others to skinny up. Because <laughs> you're going to get your ass run over. by. <laughs> Imagine Andre Drummond. Uh. The big yeah. cat. Uh-huh. And, 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 and let's say he opts into the deal. He's playing for the Bulls, and he gets a steal like he's going to do. And then he's running full court. Like, is Victor Wembanyama going to get in the way of – absolutely not. He certainly shouldn't. He sure – that's what I should yeah. say. Great call. He certainly shouldn't. Should Somebody tell him that right now. But, I mean, how many, how many offensive fouls have we watched KD take in his career? I mean, you know, yeah. some guys aren't necessarily built for it, but yeah. they can still perform at an elite level without it. Now, KD got to the point after he physically and in, in a lot of ways emotionally matured he got to the point where he'd become a, a more than effective defender. So, you know, we, we see the shot blocker that Wembenyama has already shown he has the potential to be as a help defender. Now, is he going to be in the post, you know, against the Joker while Joker's backing him down and right. rolling those big shoulders into him? That's not a matchup you want to see. But, you know, I think there's there's a version of this where he can get it figured out just as he matures mentally and physically. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's better for the NBA. The NBA is a better place when there is a superstar that is trying to will a team to a championship. We've seen it with LeBron James and what that you know path was like with the Cleveland Cavaliers initially. You're going to see it with Victor Wembanyama, especially being uh, under the tutelage of Greg Popovich. So it's going to be fun to watch to have him in the NBA. I just I just really hope he's can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And it, when obviously that's a big concern for a lot of people, especially over the course of of 82 games. But I mean it's it's something that a lot of teams are going to be trying to go after. They're going to go right after Victor yeah. Wembanyama. But you, Just like everybody went right after Shaq, everybody went right after Mike, everybody's going to go right after Wimby. I mean, when you come in with that pedigree, with that expectation, with the headlines, and, you know, it's he, he's got to be prepared for it. I'm sure that he is when you watch clips of interviews he's done and, you know, sit-downs he's had with people over the years and kind of his, his team that's around him. And they've been, you know, fairly methodical in, in trying to – sort of, you know, place him in the right situations to aid his development. But they've been waiting for this moment and preparing for this moment for a long time. So I don't get the impression he's under any illusions that that he's going to be just ready for prime time from day one. Yeah. I think he's ready and and kind of accepting that folks are going to try to challenge him. And frankly, I mean, you listen to some of the stars around the NBA, they seem legitimately excited about it, not even in yes. a way where they feel disrespected by it. They're wowed by him as well. And you know how it is, man. It takes a lot when you have a prospect who hasn't played at that level to be on the way in and to have Steph and LeBron and Giannis, these supernatural figures in the NBA talking about him with excitement, just at, you know, just gobsmacked at at what he actually brings to the table physically in his all around game. So I, I think that, they're definitely going to come at him, but my, my impression is that they're going to come at him with a level of respect because he seems to be a guy who will, command that respect, but not in like a disrespectful way, not in an overconfident way, but just someone who takes his craft seriously. And I think there's a respect that comes with that. Yeah, hoopers love hoopers, right? right? Like you get on the court, you see somebody else that can hoop, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And you give Uh that person that nod and that respect. I'm sure NBA players are going to be feeling that way. Uh, He's Anthony here, and I'm Gabe Ramirez. There was a cool video that was going around describing exactly what you were just talking about and showing the differences between how people have spoken about Victor Wembenyama, including guys like Giannis, LeBron, uh, Anthony Davis talking about Victor. And then they showed a, like a, a little cut and showed people talking about LeBron James when he <laughs> entered in the league. Mm-hmm. And there was guys like Darius Miles, Carlos Boozer, people that were on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they were like, 
he ain't going to come in at 18 years old and take nobody's spot. We got other players better than him. And then it's like it's a huge difference, right? And then people were talking about it, you know, young kid coming into the NBA. But Victor Wembanyama, of course, highly touted guy that uh, most certainly is going to be going first overall in the draft. And I'm, I think it's an intriguing case study in, in maybe how the international prospect is viewed versus the domestic prospect at this point because there have been so many – international players that have come in and and turned into dominant players. A lot of the international guys had to come in and kind of find their way a little bit, but now we've seen the league have so many guys who've become MVP caliber, if not win a variety of MVPs here in recent years, who've come from overseas. But think back to when we're young and watching the Bulls and the idea of Tony Kukoc coming in and being a part of that and how disrespected Michael and Scotty felt by that idea. Like this this dude from Croatia? Can't you come expect in here. the Croatian magic is supposed to come in here Croatian and help sensation? us? Come on, give me a break. But now the game has changed so much over the last few decades since that time and there's so much more respect and oh, basketball yeah. is far more global than it's ever been where now it is to the point where some Tony Kukoc was the best play, the best player outside the United States on the planet the best non-US player in the world yeah. was Tony Kukoc before he joined the Bulls they went to the Olympics and dog walked him because they felt disrespected at the idea that the Bulls wanted him to come in and now a couple of decades later how different it is where some teenager who has yet to to step foot on an NBA basketball court, but they have that respect, that deference for him because of how much more global the game is now. And I would say if if it was a domestic player who was getting the level of hype that Wimbam Yama is getting, I'm not sure. Maybe this is a, you know, I'm not, this is just a guess on my part, but I almost feel like the international player, the international talent is maybe getting a, a level of deference that perhaps a U.S. born player wouldn't get at this point. Yeah, and especially because if he were here in the state, if he were stateside, he would have been getting covered at length yep. from. Age We'd be 14, more annoyed 15. with him by now, yeah, most certainly. And then YouTube videos too—that's the big thing. Like mm-hmm. I remember my brother telling me about Luka Doncic like a year and a half before he came yeah. in the league. He's like yeah. nineteen. He's like this dude's right. killing people, and, and it's it, like, how do you know who this person? The, is? the closest thing we've had in recent years, as far as a true domestic-born talent, has been Zion Williamson, and he had his one year at Duke. But there, there aren't a bunch of clips of everybody around the NBA being like, "Yeah, I, I can't believe the level of prospect that this Zion is, and I can't yeah. wait to play with him, and he's gonna, you know, revolutionize the game." You didn't hear people. You know, you didn't necessarily hear people disrespecting Zion, but you didn't hear this level of deference-laden excitement for seeing him in the NBA. Well, let's hope that Victor Wembanyama stays off the hub and, you know, Twitter doesn't get him the same way it's got I mean, Zion Wimson. I'm going to leave that to you, right. man, because I know, I, up to recently? I know you were in the weeds on all the socials and you what's happening it. there and everybody's Ryan DMs. crazy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. Zion out here in these streets, man. All right, uh, somebody else that's out here in these streets, Cody Westerlin. He is at the Advocate Center uh, covering all things Chicago Bulls for us here at 670 to score. And we get an opportunity to talk to him next. What does he feel like is the number one priority for the Chicago Bulls if they do not make a move into the draft today? Uh, what is his answer? We'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron for an NBA draft special right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. I mean, my responsibility is to look at everything. You know, uh, at the end of the day, to be 500 team is not good enough. Uh, it's not good enough for this organization. It's not good enough for the fan base. Uh, they deserve better. Uh, so I'm going to have to look at everything. Um, you know, how I can help this group uh, to do better and... You know, we have to move forward, but I'll be open to uh, to anything. That was Artur- Arturis Karnisovis. We need to talk to Chuck Swirsky. You heard Grody say Karnisovis. A lot of people are saying Karnisovis. <laughs> but listen, Chuck Swirsky, Mark Shanowski, both call him Karnisovis. Uh-huh. That, that's what I usually go with. I go now, I'm going to say like nine times out of ten. Every once in a while, right. I, I hit a car, Karnisovis, but... Nine times out of ten, I go with Karnishevis because right. I feel like when he first got introduced, that was what folks were going with. Right. But then I still hear it kind of mixed in every once in a while the other way. All right. Well, he said, and I love that he said that 500 is unacceptable for the Chicago Bulls, but that's where they might find themselves yeah, that's what we if they don't make later. enough uh, moves. And right now we get to talk to somebody who has been very close to the team. He covers them for the Chicago Bulls at, at the games, making sure that the Bulls are handling business like they should. And he's joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, it's none other than Cody Westerland. Cody, go ahead and tell us what it is. Arturis, what? How do you say the last name properly? AK right there, Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, it's funny, Cody, you say that because when Grody said when Grody said Karnasovis, uh, and I, I've been saying Karnasovis, I didn't want to do that, you know, right, so I said AK right. in the middle of the interview, too. So that's just funny. He, he said early on, and I know the guys in Denver had said Karnasovis, but AK has also said he doesn't really care. <laughs> okay. and I think he's actually acknowledged both of them. So uh, <laughs> I, I'd probably have to re ask him tonight, but that's probably not going to be the, one of the questions no, 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 in the presser. No. We'll let uh we'll let Alyssa or, or Grody ask. Yeah. What's what's your prediction, Cody? What's kind of the over under for when you would expect AK to speak tonight? Um, I would say around ten forty five p.m. eleven right. p.m. ish. I would guess right. Like second round of the draft usually wraps up um, closer to eleven. So that would be my guess. And there's probably not going to be a ton to talk about. <laughs> but I mean, if you are talking about things that are on the map of potential moves for the Bulls. It would be easier to trade for a second round trick, a second round pick, than pull off a big trade. Um, so it certainly have to be something they they keep their eye on till the end of the draft. Cody, when we're looking at this Bulls roster, you know the assumption is that Bulls want to get younger, they want to get faster, and that that comes in the form of draft picks either in the teens or in the second rounds, like you mentioned. But doesn't what does that say about Dale and Terry, right? I mean, he's a young body, didn't get any tick last year, and if you're talking about 
giving somebody an opportunity, shouldn't he be that guy at the forefront of that? Yeah, I mean, it says he was a really raw prospect when he entered the NBA, right? Like, that's a guy who was not um, a leading scorer at Arizona or anything when he played there. A lot of that pick was based around the potential of 3 and D, and his jump shot's just not good enough yet. So um, certainly this is a huge offseason for him, Gabe. If he makes um, some great progress, he should be in the rotation next year. It would be a really good thing for the Bulls. And I think it's worth noting that um, Dale and Terry has been out um, in Los Angeles area with DeMar DeRozan going through some of his 5 a.m. workouts. It sounds like there's some surprise workouts involved. Those guys don't even know what they're going to do every day, and they show up with DeMar, and then they could be doing anything and everything. So from all indications, like he's putting in the work, but it's still just to me – um, I wouldn't have huge expectations for him this upcoming season, but being in the rotation and contributing with energy, I think is certainly a fair expectation that you bring up. I was racking my brain a little bit earlier, Cody, just trying to think of, and I mean, you know, they're not going to make it any worse tonight if they don't pick anybody, but just the last first round pick, the Bulls just really hit on. And, uh, you know, obviously D Rose, and I'm just trying to think like since D Rose, who, who's been yeah, some guys who've gone elsewhere and really matured and blossomed a bit more since the time they were here as a first-round pick. But I've just been thinking a bit, man, as far as certainly the last handful of years here, like, you know, Jimmy Butler was obviously really impressive, but he blossomed even more after he left. But as far as a guy who Bulls' homegrown talent just became a stud while he was here and they tried to build something around him, it just feels like it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get really technical there, I guess Taj Gibson came after Derrick Rose, right, and had his best days with the Bulls. Mm -hmm. And in recent years, you look at it, this hasn't blossomed for them lately in the NBA draft. You go back to 2018, Wendell Carter Jr. is having more success in Orlando than he had in Chicago. So, like, that's a very, very fair point. Um, no doubt Big Ant. But, I mean, if you're going to take the Bulls angle, I'm sure they would say they want to retain Kobe White. They want him to be a key part of the team next year and see what that hope is, depending on his price and restricted free agency. So that's what I'm sure they would come back with a rebuttal for. But it's nights like these, like you got to have an infusion of young talent somehow at some point for your team, and that's why the Vooch trade has hurt the Bulls from that standpoint so much, and that's why it's going to be really difficult to pull off moves tonight and why when they move forward I think they probably need to value draft capital a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Cody, when you look at this uh, this Bulls team and where they're at right now, it seems as though they're going to be leaning on continuity. And that was the key word last year. It's most certainly going to be the same um, this season, upcoming season, if they keep these three guys together. What can that account for? <laughs> Damn, I don't want to laugh when I say that. But what can that account for this year uh, going, in, going into this season where, you know, you, you kind of weren't – there was uncertainty surrounding the team and Lonzo Ball, so, you know, you, that was up in the air. Roles were undefined, it seemed like, until the end of the season. And, and so, you know, now you get another year under your belt. You might have a little chip on your shoulder because you didn't perform to the level that you really wanted to. Like, is there that room there to, to kind of account for, account for continuity? Yeah, I mean, look, if they roll back the same team uh, – they have a core that can go 500, right? So, like, the Bulls, again, if you're taking the optimistic take here and they don't make a pick or anything of a big trade of substance tonight, you're looking at what they can do with the mid-level exception in free agency, what they can do with the biannual exception. Those are around $12 million and $4.5 million to spend. Like, there is a path still for them to add two or three 
players to, to their rotation who can make a meaningful difference if they went three for three, if they hit it out of the park. And they would hope to complement that core with those guys. But again, like there's just there's just so little margin of error in that, and it takes people wanting to come play for you when the money might be about equal, um, and you have to consider the luxury tax too. So um, there's no doubt that like Gabe, you're right. Like we know what this core is made of right now. We know how they play when they don't have Lonzo, and they're not going to be able to plug Lonzo in next year. They can't replace him in free agency with someone as good as him. But if you can maybe add some of those components in various ways with other guys, that I think would be their biggest reason for hope of, hey, you know, can we be better than 500 for most of the year, which is basically what they were last year. Cody Westerland with us here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, NBA Draft Special, Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron. I asked Alyssa this question a little bit earlier. I'm curious for your thoughts on it, Cody. Just whether or not what's what's gone on in Denver and the, the Nuggets winning their first NBA championship with an, an approach that's centered around continuity, development, and not having the sort of super team, multi-Hall of Famer level star approach. Now that that's kind of gone against the grain of what about a decade of NBA championships were centered around. Do you think AK is emboldened by what he just witnessed in the NBA finals from the franchise he cut his teeth with? I I don't think emboldened. I think that's probably a little bit too far, right? Because if they, they run it back with the core, I don't think you can go out there and seriously say and truly 100% believe in your heart, you know, like this is going to work because it's worked for teams like the Nuggets. I do think there's some sort of belief that the more time a team plays together, um, the better they can understand each other, and there's still some hope there. But the comparison to me, like with the Nuggets, it's just not a one-to-one comparison, right? So who knows what they say because they've said some things before that fans find to be extremely (laughs) wild and frustrating. There's no doubt about that. But I think a key difference with the Nuggets, too, is like all those guys were in their prime or young prime or like in the case of Michael Porter Jr. hasn't even entered his prime, right? Like these Bulls guys, the core is older. Zach Levine's in his prime, but um, DeMar and, and Vooch are on the back nine of their career more so in that regard. So I think that's a really big difference here. And then obviously the Lonzo Ball injury um, just threw their plant Bulls plans and, and pretty much exploded them in that sense. So um, we'll have to see how that goes. But is it on the map of things they'll say in reference? Eh, I don't know. If someone brought up the exact comparison, I could see him doing it. But I, I don't expect him to go up there and just be like, continuity wins because the Nuggets do. They have to say continuity because, like, guys, they don't have much else they can say, right? Like, that's what the answer has to be. So um, I, I literally don't know what they would say if they didn't say to some extent some of this continuity is going to help us. But I don't think they're under any illusion that this is like the Nuggets at this point anymore. Yeah, and, and with the continuity statement, I mean, I'm sure AK is saying to himself, like you mentioned a second ago, Zach is in his prime. He's 28 years old. They, they're still. It's not illogical to think that there is another level for Zach to reach or, or to get to right, and, and and or at least a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that he's there. What do you What do you think of that six year gap between Demar and, and 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 Zach Levine? Because you know, turning 34. I mean, we've all been there. Cody, I don't know how old you are, but Ant and I have been there. I have been there. Okay, okay. So we've all been there. Okay, because Cody looks young, so that's why he's just, you know, you don't know. But 34, you know Cody. It's a lot different than 30 and 31. 30 and 31, you just thought you were still 20 again. 
And once 33 and 34 hit, you, everything starts to change a little bit. So, you know, th- thoughts on that age and DeMar getting to that point and then, you know, the six-year difference from to Zach that people don't talk about too often. That, that's a huge concern, Gabe. It, I mean, it just it just really is, right? You're, you got two really good years out of DeMar, and there's no doubt that he's still going to be productive, but he's going to be on the decline, I think, um, just from that age perspective. So, like, I, that's why if a DeMar deal pops up, a trade opportunity, I think the Bulls should be willing to move him. I think they should be willing to move him if they – don't get 100 cents on the dollar for him. You know, if they get 75 cents for him on the dollar, I think um, there would be a lot of wisdom in still being able to do that because you look at this and he's not a piece of this team, I don't think, in a three- or four-year window. So you're really just looking at this upcoming season and then see how it goes if he hits unrestricted free agency. He is extension eligible. I would not move very fast to try to extend him or anything like that. I have not gotten a read on how the team views it um, whatsoever, but I think they would be extremely wise to be ready to trade DeMar if an opportunity pops up. But Look, you look at DeMar, and I look out to Los Angeles. The Clippers and the Lakers are the teams that have had interest in him before. The Lakers are a team that knows they need a little bit more scoring. Um, There hasn't been much smoke around that fire right now, obviously, but I think there could be some potential there if if the sides thought about it. And those are the type of things we're looking at. You're not going to get a real big return for DeMar DeRozan, um, but it's something you have to consider, I think, at this point. I think it makes more sense to continue building around Zach because he is in his prime. I mentioned to Gabe earlier, I kind of think that, you know, it's hopeful, if nothing else, that that number three pick when Portland is on, that maybe that's a spot with the the smoke surrounding Damian Lillard. If something were going to happen and the draft really starts to get interesting, it may be at that spot. You know, just kind of branching out beyond the Bulls a little bit, if we presume they're not going to make a Damian Lillard move, but is that a pick you would have your eye on for where something, you know, kind of goofy might happen? Yeah, from the NBA sense, certainly. I think that's that's the biggest pick of the night, really, um, just what's going to happen with that situation. It's the most interesting thing in the NBA tonight, especially with the uh, um, Pelicans at least entertaining or, or starting to entertain offers on Zion Williamson, it seems like. That's a player the Blazers seem like they could be interested in. Um, in, in a hypothetical scenario, if they can match everything else up. So to me, that's the big thing. I I have no expectation at all that the Bulls would get involved for the number three pick because the Blazers are aiming higher than even a Zach Levine type um, to add to their team. So something really weird would have to happen for the Bulls to get involved there. So uh, I don't think the number three picks on the table whatsoever at the Bulls to move up and get, but that's what the NBA has their eyes on. And, like, look, there's ripple effects from all of this. Like, what happens tonight can create opportunities on July 1st. I should say, I guess, June 30th, the evening of that, is when NBA free agency opens. Like, opportunities can pop up. I mean, you look out to Washington right now, guys, you see these trades they're making, um, getting Porzingis moved out. Like, they have three or four guards right now. I think they have Tyus Jones they added. Maybe that makes Monte Morris expendable. Um, They got DeLon Wright, guys like that. Like, there are options where teams are going to have a glut of players at a certain position that you might need when this all shakes out so I think like it's things like that at the end of the night to look at and see well do the Bulls have an opportunity to make a trade with this team here because of uh, just positional matchup or something like that yeah it's going to be interesting we'll be keeping an eye on it Cody you appreciate your insight and expertise thanks guys I appreciate it no problem Cody Westerlin our Chicago Bulls insider here on 670 the score hanging out with us during our NBA draft special Uh, We're going to get another update from Mark Grody and Alyssa Berger-Mini at the top of the hour. And then, of course, Andy Katz 
uh, is going to be joining us as well to talk about the NBA draft. More on the way. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Anthony Heron for the NBA draft special right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.